Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. And on this week's episode, episode number seven, uh, Kevin Bender and I, Aaron Gerke, are engaging in a conversation uh, revolving around Ephesians 3, uh, where the Apostle Paul uh, reminds us about the breadth and height and depth and length of God's love for us. We hope you enjoy it. Well, cheers, Kevin. Cheers, buddy. Ooh, that was that was strong. That was a strong cheers. I was really worried that this was going to spill all over me. Oh, that would have hurt. Yeah. Did I did I tell you about the the uh, all the I've told you about the unbreakable stuff that I've broken. Right? Yes, yes, you have. All right, that's we should a, tell them at least. It's like a full podcast episode of stuff that's not supposed to be breakable that Aaron breaks. Yeah, here's yeah exactly. I was going to say here's the premise. There are things out there that the world will tell you you cannot break this. Yeah. Aaron will tell you otherwise. Yeah. My mom always said it like this. Aaron, you don't know your own strength. So we'll just leave it. We'll leave it at that, you know, and you can ask me another time. There you so go. the story behind the story behind the story. Hey, well, here we are, Kevin. Uh, this is episode seven. And, uh, you know, our preaching series is on the book of Ephesians. And kind of in this podcast, we're um, going a little bit deeper and maybe behind the scenes on some of that and just seeing where our conversation goes. And to those of you listening, you know, we don't really prepare much for this. We just kind of say, Hey, let's sit down and, uh, see where the conversation goes because I mean, that's the name of the podcast conversate. And I guess we just want to model for you what it can look like to have spiritual conversations as well. You just take an idea, sit down with people and start chatting and see what God does in that, in that time. Um, but with that being said, you know, Kevin, I, I, I heard you preach on Ephesians three, this, this text, uh, three different times over the weekend. And, um, there's just some stuff that really, really, uh, caught my mind, uh, or my attention. And it was just this, this, what, what, at least what, what hit me, I don't know if this was supposed to be your main point or not, but, um, how quickly we forget uh, we forget who we are, we forget whose we are, we forget what God has done, what he's promised to do, and we just get caught up in the world. I don't know if you said that or if that's just what God put into my ears. but uh, That's what I, I pray before I preach okay. each time that God will move, send his spirit, and do something with the, you know these... <laughs> these words that to me feel so small, right? Yeah. But it, I mean, it's kind of like, like you said, uh, even like this, this podcast, God will work and, and create and do more with the little that we offer. Um, so, but anyways, yeah. So that idea, it, it really came through strong, I think, at the beginning, the whole idea of evanescence, right? Which also is a band. I do remember that. And you kept saying in your sermon that this was a local friend of yours who had this very poetic description of autumn, but... We don't need to name release in this time, but no, it's a very poetic person that yeah. you know. A wise man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, and, and so that really captured um, to me this this idea that you're talking about, and we experience it sometimes, like with fall. I mean, literally, I, I'm like, that does not feel like it was a week ago or two weeks ago, you know? But like you said, there's all sorts of things um, that we lose sight of, uh, this kind of, this habit of forgetfulness. Um that seems to be there in the story. I mean, we're talking about like biblically, right at the beginning even. You think about Adam and Eve. Okay. God literally just told these guys, you know, hey, 
created you. Here's what you should do. Right. Here's the one. Here's the one thing. Right. The right, one right. thing you don't want to do, and then they do it. Right. Right. But I think that's. I mean, it's the story of the scriptures. I mean, the whole thing, the whole Old Testament is filled with people just neglecting the promise of God, forgetting that there is covenant people, just over and over and over again. I've been. Mean, so, oh, go ahead. No, I mean, so just. So that's the reality of our experience, but then, um, you know, I think the the church's response, or you know, us as pastors, but not just us, what Christians are called to do is to uh, mutually encourage one another and build one another up in those promises. So as I mean, as you were as you were preaching that, and reminding us how quickly we forget, I was I was reminded of uh, when I was at the seminary, uh, we were. Uh, it was during orientation week, I think, or something close to that at the beginning of my time there. And um, one of our professors, uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Tim Seleska, I don't know if you have mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Seleska, mm-hmm. great guy. Um, but I remember him standing up in front of, you know, a bunch of would-be uh, wannabe pastors and saying, why do you guys want to do this? Isn't it going to be boring like week after week after week, day after day after day? You're just going to do the same thing over and over and over again, just tell people that God loves them and that they're his people. Isn't that going to get old? And I remember thinking to myself, huh, I guess, I don't know. Like, what am I supposed to, what am, I, am I supposed to say yes? And, uh, and then he said, you know, it's, it's the, the same goes for uh, a husband, like a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. So, so the preacher's task or the pastor's task, or I would say even so the Christian task with one another is to proclaim God's love to other people uh, all the time. And he said, just like a husband and wife. So he said, those of you who are married, imagine if you and your spouse stopped saying, I love you to each other. Would that change the dynamic of the relationship? And I was like, I, you know what? I think it might actually do that. Like, why do you, why do you say I love you to your spouse? Don't you know that? Mm-hmm. You know, I think you said that in your sermon too. Like, yeah. Paul in Ephesians three, he's telling the people about God's love for them. And you said, shouldn't they know this? And I was thinking that too, like, yeah. Why does my wife need to tell me that she loves me? Like, I know that. Of course I know that, Mm -hmm. but there's something that happens when we say those words. And when we receive those words from our spouses and ultimately from God, I think. Yeah, I would agree. I think too, you know, that's like (laughs) God uses simple ways uh, to do mighty things, right? And uh, words, oftentimes, seem very simple. They seem very small. But saying those three words in a relationship, yeah, it does change it. It does affect it. And, uh, you know, you, you would almost, it's almost such a simple idea that I think thinking about it almost makes it sound like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, do we need it? I don't know. But, right. But living it, you know that you do need it. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, Obviously, there's something very human about communication. I mean, our our podcast episode last week was all about you know um, broken communication and uh, how we how we do that poorly and when it's done poorly, the way that it affects us, right? And so, um, I mean, God gave us words to speak; He gave us ears to receive, uh, and so we ought to actually believe that what we say and what we hear. Um, it affects us. And so, you know, what are we surrounding ourselves with? Mm. You know, I think that's, 
That's a big question too. Um, I mean, you and I were talking about that uh, yesterday, I think just about, um, about the, the messages. I don't know, just even in light of, you know, coronavirus, uh, what are we, what are we hearing and how does that, how does that affect us? There was a, there was a study you were saying about, um, I don't know if you want to share that. Yeah. I think that was meaningful. Yeah. So the study that uh, took place, it, it took uh, two different sets of middle school age kids. Okay. And one of the, the sets had exposure to, they could watch this news cycle about, uh, I think it was maybe that attempted bombing in D.C. several years ago. Um, and the other group, they saw it the one time and that was it. So you had two groups. One saw that one time. The other group saw it as often as they wanted to access it. And when they looked at these kids uh, uh, in the future later on, they uh, came back to these two different groups of kids. The kids who had only heard it the one time, it didn't really affect them, right? right? They didn't have any kind of carried with them you know, trauma from hearing that experience. But the other group of kids had seven times more uh, the trauma uh, who heard it on repeat. So like just being exposed to that, content over and over actually did change them you know change their formation it it really brought them down uh, made them more anxious and i think you know we live in a time when you have you have so much access uh to to consuming news right so much more than any other generation before us so you can be hearing about news across the world and most news is not good news right Right. and so yeah i think you the more we hear these things the more it it's hard to walk with confidence in the world. Mm. You know, we hear the, we hear kind of the broken piece. Right. And this is what you did so well last week too, is you provided not just the broken side, but you, in the email and then the podcast talked about here, the, here's the positive way to right. approach the situation. Yeah. And we talk about, you know, the word that we have, this hope that we have, we call it good news. Right. 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 <laughs> right. And I think, I think, I think the, the good news that we have also is not just a, a, not just reflecting on a past event. Mm. Um, so, our our Christianity is not just it's not just looking backward to see what God has done for us. However, it is that it is it is past. So we can look back, and this is why we have the scriptures, so we can look back and we see God's faithfulness throughout the generations. But mm. it's also a, pre- a present tense reality. Mm-hmm. So God is alive even right now, but the good news is also a future oriented uh, reality so that uh, what, what we're experiencing now uh, are the way that we see the world is shaped because we know who God is and what he's capable of because we see it in the past, but also what he's promised to do in the future Mm. and that future is so certain Mm-hmm. That it's not just a nice idea, mm-hmm. but it actually shapes our present reality. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I mean, I'm sorry if that, sorry if that's like a really deep dive. I don't know if I <laughs> said it clearly or not, but. Well, I, like, I think this will help con- make it more a little concrete. That idea that the hope you have in a future affects your present day reality. Uh, because when, so like in the sermon, talked a lot about our history, talked a lot about the people that came before us. Right. But we talked about how they, how they lived, uh-huh. right? So uh, for instance, you had Christians in the first, second century uh, under Roman tyrants like Nero 
and Diocletian. These were rulers who persecuted unto death Christians. Diocletian, his goal was to exterminate Christianity from the face of the earth. Uh, that was his goal. But you still had Christians who would meet and gather <laughs> and spread the word. I mean, uh, they say the blood of the martyrs is the uh, what waters the seed of the gospel. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, this faith that's so rooted in this assured hope um, changed how they lived. Uh, Martin Luther stood up to the church when a hundred years before him, a guy named John Huss uh, did the same thing and got burned at the stake. And yet Luther in the presence of his persecutors says, here I stand. Right. (laughs) Here I am kind of like, I can't do anything else because he knew, he knew uh, whose hands he was in. So that was a lot of like looking at people in the past, but they were living the way they were living because they knew of their future. Right. Right. And so that's true for us too. We know our future. Right. We know that God uh, has promised to return, to unite all things in Christ. Paul said that earlier in the letter. And, um, and when we look at the world, it's actually, that idea makes sense that what your future hope is would affect your decisions today. Because think about someone who, think about someone who might fall into like a scientism category. Okay. So they believe that there is no ultimate future. Okay. There is no ultimate reality. It's once you die, you rot. Right. That's it. Right. And so how are they going to live now? Right. They got to, ex- they got to take it most advantage they can of this life. Right. Right. They got to amass as much wealth. Uh, enjoy as many experiences as they can. Um, you know, I think even people talk about that, right? Like, live your best life now. Yeah. Or YOLO. You only live uh, once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that out yeah. of date now? Am I... yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> you know, bring it back. Um, yeah, so people, people, they're, the way they live now is affected by their belief of what will happen in the future. Yeah. And I... I I don't know how many people think about life that way though. Mm. <laughs> sure. I I I think we get so caught up in the here and the now. And not that not that we're not that as Christians we're called to uh disappear from our present reality and like, mm-hmm. you know, live somewhere else, but we get really really caught up in the stresses and in the anxieties and in the burdens and in the pandemics and in all of this attempts uh, to uh, ignore the reality of death or to fight against it. We Mm -hmm. just get caught. I mean, we get so caught up in that Mm -hmm. instead of recognizing that there, we are participants already right now in a greater reality called eternal life. Mm. Um, And, and you even mentioned you know, in, in your sermon, the, the idea that, that this is with, with all the saints. Mm-hmm. So, um, at least in our, in our uh, church denomination, when we, when we're talking about saints, uh, we're not, we're not talking about people who live perfect, uh, holy lives. We're talking about people who have been claimed by Christ through the waters of baptism, um, and our, and our Christian people, but, uh, those who have gone before us, uh, into God's presence. Um, but, in our Christian reality now, mm-hmm. we're actually united with those saints in faith. And and when we say we're one in Christ, mm-hmm. we're one with those who have already uh, died or in, and, and are in the presence of Jesus. 
you know, uh, throughout time and space. And so like, I mean, this is this mystical kind of union thing that, that is, it's hard to comprehend, Mm -hmm. but if we take a step back from all the mess that we're dealing with now and recognize who we are in light of who God is Mm -hmm. (laughs) overseeing all of this, all things in heaven and on earth and under the earth, like it ought to bring us out from that and go, whoa, yeah, okay. Of course there's hope. Of course there's life. Like what am I, what, what am I, why am I so burdened Mm. by this little thing? Sure. Yeah. Even if it's a, even if it's a big thing, Mm -hmm. you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, no, I hear what you're saying. I think it's, it's that I, you know, like sometimes we feel like the weight of the world is on our shoulders, right? Like the decisions I'm making today are going to like, they're going to alter everything. It's like the biggest deal. But yeah, when I see myself lined up in this trajectory with all these people over all this time, I'm like, Oh, I'm actually pretty small. Yeah. (laughs) But but not in an insignificant way. Sure. You know, I think that's a cool, like, that's one of my favorite things to fathom about God and my, who I am in, in light of him, that, that he is vast and he is powerful and he is big and powerful and almighty and all these things. Mm-hmm. And I might, I might get uh, caught up in thinking, well, who am I then? I'm just a sure. pawn in the system. You know, I'm insignificant and small. Like, what is he? He probably doesn't care about me that much, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could mm-hmm. you could go that way. Yeah. But the reality of the scriptures is, no, 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 no. That God who is that big and that powerful knew you mm-hmm. before you were in your mother's womb, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are loved by him. He knows your thoughts before you say them. Like, he died to forgive you. So mm-hmm. it's both and. Like, right. he's huge and vast and yet incredibly intimate and personal. And I just marvel at that reality. And when I think about that reality, yeah, it's, it's kind of a like, huh, like I can breathe a little easier because it's like, okay, he's the one who has been holding all things together. I don't have to, he's doing it. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I love that, you know, the unity, uh, with all the saints, I think, uh, one of the ways we experience communion, right. Mm -hmm. Um, as a people is in communion, uh, the practice of going and receiving God's body and blood, um, and we do that at that rail, but that rail is like a semicircle, right? right? And that's half the picture, uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So this is what I've been told. Okay. Yes, me too. That. So at the communion rail, you got a semicircle, but that that's because we're here on earth, and that's this half of the circle. Um, but that it's really a full circle of communion, and that other half that we don't see are those saints who are now resting at the feet of Jesus in heaven. Um, they've died in the faith. They are, they are already kind of tasting of that feast, right. um, that the scriptures talk about, which is just emblematic for eternity. With right. God. Right. Yeah. So we get a little, we get a little taste, like we participate in that heaven as well. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of people relate to, you know, to that experience. I think actually because of COVID, like a lot of us realize, oh my gosh, how much do I crave yeah. that body and blood? And, and I think that's something that's it's mystical again it's profoundly deep i can't understand it but like i think i crave it because that's it's a it is a taste of what god has promised what is coming it's kind of like a tangible way i can experience god's preservation and ultimate um 
promise of restoration to the world. Right. So I even feel like restored. Right. And so too, so too is I, I believe in the, in the fellowship of the saints, you know, in the gathering together of God's people, mm. like <clears throat> this is, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm craving, you know, that, that communal relationship, the, the wholeness of being in, in relationship with God's people, you know, with the church. And we, we long for this because what it does in us is it, it reminds us of of who we are Mm -hmm. and what we're participating in, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the church, like coming (laughs) a lot of, a lot of us, I think have thought of, you know, coming to church as a good, a good moral activity perhaps, Mm -hmm. you know, or Mm -hmm. a good thing I do, a, a thing I do to teach me to shape my thinking, to make me feel better. And and I mean, it all, it is all those things, but there's something way bigger and way deeper happening in the, in the gathering of God's people. Mm. Um, when, when that, (laughs) it goes back to that idea of when the word is is heard, you know, we need to hear with our ears that we are loved, that Mm. we are forgiven, (laughs) that Mm. we have this promise and this hope. But we're also gathered together in order to speak that to one another. Uh-huh. You know? That that my presence affects your reality. Right. And vice versa, you know, in this in this family of God in this communion of saints. And so um yeah, so all that is necessary, all this this the 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 word of God and the communion of the saints uh, unites us with with what's co- what's gone before us, mm. what's coming in front of us, mm-hmm. and therefore it ought to shape the way that we are in the world today. even today. Yeah, I think we're we're going we're going pretty deep today theologically. This is this is yeah. good stuff. I don't know. Yeah. If you're still tuning in with us, we're we're grateful uh, to you. You can listen back and. Uh, see if we made sense out of all this, but, um, yeah, Kevin, any, any kind of concluding thoughts, uh, to wrap this up or what, you know, mm. what is it that you really wanted us to, to hear that you believe like Paul was really emphasizing there in Ephesians three? Yeah. Well, I'll bring it back to that idea of just the love of God. It's so, it's such a simple thing. Um, but sometimes we forget even those simple things. But Paul says that he wants them to be rooted and grounded in that love of God. And uh, you know, I think part of what that means, too, is we learn what the love of God is. We know that we're loved by God. But as we continue to walk with Jesus, uh, to walk in faith, to kind of realize some of the depth of my own brokenness, you know, uh, my soil might get a little dry, hard, crusty. Um, it needs to be broken up as as I stay rooted and grounded uh, in that love of Jesus. That yes, I know God loves me, but when I, no matter where I find myself, no matter how far I think I may have wandered or fallen, like God wants me to know that He is still right there with me that even though I knew he loved me there I knew I had this idea that he loved me in that moment it's like no I love you even here mm. even here I love you and so there we continually learn about God's steadfastness towards us yeah awesome yeah awesome well Kevin I 
Which we appreciate the conversation today. And those of you who have been listening, uh, we pray that it's uh, it's good for you and uh, for your uh, faith as well. And continue to engage in, in uh, spiritual conversations with uh, those around you and uh, whatever doors God's opening up for you to speak his His name and his word of, of hope into this world. So uh, have a great rest of your day. See you. See you next time. Thank you.